Welcome to A Sustainable Life with me, Jen Gale. Join me each week for inspirational stories from people making sustainable changes in their lives, their work and their communities, as well as solo episodes from me exploring the small changes we can all make each and every day to make a big difference to the planet. Hello and welcome to A Sustainable Life with me, Jen Gale, and another cracker of an interview with someone who is changing the world for the better. In this episode, I'm chatting to Kimberly Chu, the founder of Plastic Free Pantry, which is the UK's first plastic-free online food shop. Plastic is big news right now, I'm sure you've all seen the press. And it feels like the rest of the world is finally waking up to the scale of the issue and starting to look around for ways to reduce the amount of single-use plastics that we're all using on an everyday basis and then simply throwing them away. We're starting to realise that there is actually no away, that our rubbish has to go somewhere, and that in the case of plastics, it may well be sitting in landfills or in our oceans and waterways for the next several hundred years. As a result, many of us are starting to scrutinise the contents of our own bins much more closely. Who is it said that sustainable living wasn't glamorous, eh? And finding that plastic packaging from food makes up a really significant proportion of the contents of our bins. Here in the UK, bulk aisles in supermarkets aren't commonplace as they are in the US, meaning that all of our pantry staples, so things like pasta and rice and dried food, come in plastic packaging, which is often not easily recycled. Thankfully, more and more zero waste or bulk stores are opening up around the UK. But what happens if, like me, you don't have one near you? Well, this is where Plastic Free Pantry comes in. It is such a genius idea and one that I have to confess I totally wish I had come up with. You can simply go online and you can order those pantry staples, the pasta and the rice and the dried fruit, and even things like cocoa or muesli, and they get delivered straight to your door in compostable packaging. I've ordered from Kim a couple of times now and have been really impressed at the thought that's gone into all of the packaging and the range of products that's available. The business is only six months old as we record this in June 2018, and Kim herself says it has been something of a whirlwind, but I think she really is onto something with this idea and I can only see it going from strength to strength. So grab yourself a plastic-free cuppa, get comfy and listen in to this inspiring tale of one person's determination to take action on plastic pollution. Enjoy. Hello, Kim. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Um, it's absolutely fabulous to have you here and it seems really fitting because we're recording this on World Environment Day, which has a theme this year of beat plastic pollution. So to be speaking to the founder of the UK's first online plastic free shop seems um, seems very fitting to be doing. So how are you today? Yes, I'm fine, thank you. Yeah, and it, you're right, it is a really good day to be doing this. Yeah, <laughs> I am absolutely fascinated by your story and I've been kind of rooting around on your on your website a little bit because you haven't been running that long, have you? Is it um, sort of very end of 2017 you started up, is that right? Yeah, that's right, yeah. So tell us, um, I guess, first of all, about the Plastic Free Pantry and how it works and then we'll dive into how you got started. Okay, um, so Plastic Free Pantry is an online shop. It, we just sell um, 
whole foods and dried fruits, you know, the sort of pantry staples mm. that you need usually kind of really hard to get in a supermarket without plastic and they tend to come in quite small sizes. Yeah. So what we do is we um, buy them in bulk. So we get the biggest bulk sizes we can, which is usually about 25 kilos and then package it into either paper or this home compostable plant film in sort of a range of sizes. So you can choose if you still want the small size because you don't get through much, then we do like 250 grams or you can get up to 2.5 kilos if you like to buy in a bigger size. Brilliant. And people can come and they can order online and then get it delivered. Yes. Brilliant. And you're obviously, um, I'm saying obviously, but you're UK based, aren't you? So um, is it restricted to UK deliveries at the moment? It is, yeah. We get a lot of requests to um, send out to Europe, which we're looking into. But it's, um, yeah, (laughs) it would be really good to extend that. But at the moment, because there's only two of us working here, I don't know if we can handle that as well as the logistics of sending it out. Yeah. So to rewind, what got you started? What made you want to start this up? It's it's kind of a series of events, really. I've always been kind of interested in, Sort of doing my bit to try and protect the environment. I had a coffee roastery for a few years and started to package things like the coffee that I send out in paper because I was putting things in these single-use pouches that keep yes. the coffee fresh. But I was just thinking every time I send them out, they're just being used and then going straight into the bin. And it just like the thought of them as I was packing them up and seeing the pile grow of them going into the bin. Mm. I'd, so then I switched to paper and I started sort of thinking about other things and the sort of really defining moment for me was just like one day out on the beach uh, last summer and just sort of deciding to pick up the litter that I saw. And you, know, you don't think it's that much. You just see the odd piece. But then when you're carrying it all, it soon, it really mounted up and ended up me and my partner just carrying absolutely loads off the beach. And it was just sort of that really kind of spurred me into action thinking I really have to do something about it. And did I read on your on your website that it was 30 kilos or something crazy that you were carrying? Yeah, yeah, that's what we estimated. Yeah, it was just, it was ridiculous. It was way too much. In the end, we sort of um, put it in the car park and called the council to say there's this pile of rubbish that you need to come and collect because we just couldn't get it any further. Wow. Now, for lots of us, we'd do that and we'd be horrified by the amount of plastic and we'd feel like we need to do something. But then we'd go back home and life would take over and we might do our bits within our home but it's a big step isn't it to go from that to I'm actually going to do something really tangible about this and I'm going to start a business how did you make that leap um it was just how impossible it was to find things I just decided my first step was to try and cut down on plastic myself Mm. but I live in an area where I've got four supermarkets near to me and I would go from one to the other to the other to just try and get something they're walking distance so I can do that but, you know, if you've got a bit further to go, it's really difficult. And it was just frustration. And then I thought, well, I can go to the wholesalers. That's not too far away and buy a bulk sack. But I can't use all of that myself, which is sort of how it started. So I just think, well, I'm not the only one with this problem. I've got friends who are trying to do the same as well. So if I do buy the bulk sack and sell it to others as well, that solves my problem mm. and kind of solves other people's problem as well. Brilliant. And I think, again, I read on your website that you started – doing it on a, a small scale through your local food assembly is that right yes we already um sold coffee through the food assembly so we were going there every week anyway so just started adding some extra things on so you know added on um pasta rice lentils just to see how it went well that sort of ended up 
selling more than just the coffee that I was doing. So I thought, well, there's something here. Yeah. So for people who aren't familiar with the food assembly, can you just explain how that works? Yeah, it's kind of like a farmer's market, but you order online in advance. So then all of the suppliers know exactly how much to take along. And then you have a weekly meeting, which is like about two hours. And then that's when the customers can come along, pick up everything they've ordered in advance and meet the people who made it. So you get that kind of social interaction of a market. But, um, you know, it sort of it kind of reduces food waste just because you know how much to take along when you're a producer. Yes, I think because I've always looked at it from the consumer side I guess thinking it's the convenience almost of a sort of online shop with that as you said that sort of lovely social feeling of a farmer's market but also the um you know reducing the food miles and all those sorts of things but I guess as a producer it's really important to know exactly what you're going to sell because you go to a market and it's just such guesswork to know how busy it's going to be and how much you're going to sell so it does massively reduce food waste from the producer side I guess. Yeah, it does. I mean, I've done markets before, just sort of typical markets, and it's really difficult. You know, there's sometimes you go to a market and you'll take loads and you'll end up taking most of it home, and then sometimes you don't take enough and you sell out. It's really quite difficult. Yeah, so the food assembly really helps to um, producers with that side of it, which is brilliant. And we've got one near us, actually, and I keep meaning to um, to go and visit, and you're inspiring me to go and have <laughs> a little look. And they're all over the country, aren't they? I think it... Uh, yeah. Um, I'd love to get them on to interview them actually, but um, yeah, there's have a little look. I'll direct people on the show notes to the Food Assembly website and you can go and have a little look and see if there's one near you. So I love that idea of um, kind of starting small and just being able to dip your toe in the water and test things out. What was the reaction you got straight away when you started doing it? Um, people were sort of really excited just to see things without plastic mm. and sort of buy things and you know, people were already obviously if they're coming to the food assembly they're sort of they're trying to make a change anyway they're sort of actively engaging with where the food is coming from yeah. and just sort of yeah having other things you know not just the fruits and vegetables but your know, store cupboard essentials without plastic it got a really good response and I guess it's almost one of those things that maybe people don't realize is a problem for them until they see that there's an alternative and then go oh yeah actually I'd love to be able to buy pasta in paper bags and not have the the plastic to worry about yeah I think so yeah it's like I think it's one of those things that's easy because I got through a large part of my life without really thinking about it mm. and so you just take things off the supermarket but once you do either see an alternative or you just have something that makes you think about it then you notice it everywhere yeah. it is absolutely ubiquitous isn't it plastic and I think yeah. the you know the blue planet effect has really raised awareness um because i think it's become so normal that that's just that's just how it is everything's packaged in plastic and and actually we've sort of chosen to either look away or not actually been really aware of the impact and suddenly it's been there and it's been on national telly and it's been really sort of taken up by the press and things and so many more people are aware of it and i think what's really great is that now the solutions are becoming much, much easier because that's one of the frustrating things is you become aware of this problem, but then you can't actually do anything about it. And businesses like yours are just making it easier and easier for people, which is fabulous. I think it, we do need to get to that stage where it is easier, I think, to make a different choice because yes. when you know everybody's busy, we all lead these really busy, chaotic lives. And you know, 
if you've got a choice between going a really long way out of your way to do something or just pop into the local shop, there's a lot of times, you know, sometimes you'll have the time to go out of your way and you will make that effort. But a lot of the times you're just tired and want something yeah. quickly. So you need to be kind of easy to do. Yeah. And what made you go down the online route rather than the bricks and mortar shop? Um, cost. Mm. <laughs> I looked to having a bricks and mortar shop and it's just so much money. Now, I viewed a place that seemed absolutely perfect but then they wanted three months rent up front plus a month's deposit plus the setup costs and it was just wow. I don't have kind of money so online is you know I was kind of selling coffee online anyway so um, you know I had that model set up for sending things out and I could get a lot cheaper space without it being a retail premises so it just sort of, from a financial point of view it made sense. Definitely and did you start off kind of out of your garage or did you already have a, a premises for your coffee business no I started in my house so I've been roasting coffee in my house for the last couple of years and um, just sort of ventilating through the chimney makes my house smell nice yeah um but I'm um, now premises just because just the bulk sacks very quickly took over you know the coffee roast just kind of compact <laughs> but I could do that in one room but yeah when you've got 25 kilo bulk sack they take up a lot of space yeah and has it surprised you how quickly it's all taken off? Yeah, it went um, a lot quicker than I thought. You know, when I put the website live, I sort of remember just sort of sitting there thinking, well, how do I tell people it's here yes. now? How do I market this thing? And then um, within a couple of weeks, it just sort of started to take off by itself. And somebody put it on the um, Journey to Zero Waste UK Facebook group, which is a really good group. And then... Um, it just kind of took off from there. It just went really quickly. Wow. And did that catch you by, I guess when you start something new like that, you don't have all your systems and things in place because you almost need to be doing it to get your systems in place. Was it? A, a, was there a big stage of kind of like, oh my God, and kind of running to keep up? <laughs> yeah. Well, I did some <laughs> really, really long nights in those couple of weeks. Yeah, it was, um, it was a bit stressful actually. And there was... Um, really long delay for getting quite a lot of orders out I had to email a lot of people and apologize and just say uh, working flat out and everything is taking a really long time so yeah it took a while Mm. to catch up and when you started off because you mentioned there's two of you working that was it just you on your own when you started yeah it was me on my own and then I wrote to my partner in occasionally to help when those um, first couple of weeks where mm. it got really busy he was sort of going to his full-time job and then coming home and helping me out but, um, I've got my assistant Jess now she started working with me in March so she helps me out a lot. Wow that's exciting to already be taking on help um, you know so early on in the in the business and um, how did you decide what to stock to start off with? Um, things that I eat, basically the first trip that I made to the wholesale, I was thinking, well, if this goes really wrong, I need to be happy that I can eat this for the next five years of my life. (laughs) So (laughs) it was just things that I get through a lot of and like to eat. So a lot of lentils, uh, I'm vegan, so I eat a whole lot of lentils and pasta, rice. Yeah. Those are the things that I really struggle with. Um, you know, I've got um kids and pasta is the kind of go to staple quick meal thing and it is just so hard to find it not in plastic. So to be able to have somewhere that I can order the pasta, the rice, raisins, things, you know, dried fruit, the things that kids love, yeah. it's just amazing. And if you don't have a bulk shop 
near you to have the available to you online I think is just such a fabulous idea and actually not being able to set up a shop has actually probably enabled you to tap into a a different maybe bigger market as well now one of the thing a couple of the things I wanted to ask you about when I I did my first order with you guys and got the I think it was a plus um paper bag of pasta and some rice and things and then I had some plastic bags and I was a bit like oh but actually explain to everybody what the plastic bags are because they're not plastic, are they? No, I do get um, sometimes people asking, you know, why have you sent me plastic? Mm. Why? It's, uh, it's called Nature Flex. So it's basically wood pulp and um, it's clear and it kind of acts like plastic. You know, it provides that sort of moisture barrier and it's good for things that are a bit sticky. But then it breaks down in your home compost. It takes about 12 to 16 weeks. I put it in my own compost as well and it does break down. Mm. So, you know, it's really good material. And how did you find that then? Did it take a lot of time researching that to find something that you could use? Yeah, so I found it originally when I was um, looking for coffee packaging. So I use paper for whole bean, but for ground coffee, it loses moisture really mm. quickly. I wasn't quite sure what I was looking for, just something that is you know, not going into landfill yeah. that provided a moisture barrier. So I sort of spent a lot of time looking for various terms and then got to sort of a couple of materials narrowed down, ordered loads and loads of samples. This was the one that I liked the most just because it sort of does break down a lot quicker than the other ones. Yeah, and because that's the difficulty, isn't it? With a lot of these um, sort of air quotes, biodegradable plastics, they will only compost in industrial composting conditions. And even then they kind of break down into microfibers and things and don't truly degrade. Yeah, so there's a lot of different things called compostable. So it's um, it's quite difficult to find the right one. But, you know, I didn't want anything that was requiring industrial compost because most people don't have access yes. to industrial compost. So I did want something that sort of requires lower temperature because you know, even if you haven't got compost, you can just bury the wood pulp into your garden and if you've got one and it'll break down or send it back to me and I'll just keep stuff in my compost filled with them. Yeah, I saw that you offer that service, so people can send the packaging back to you, and also people can send their own bags to you for you to fill. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I've had um, quite a few people do that now, um, just sending their own packaging on to me. Um, it's quite nice actually. I like it when I get a little bundle of bags to fill up and then send out. But that does sort of get that sort of circular material economy going. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And the other thing that I love what that you do, well, I love everything that you do, but that that really stood out for me was your um sort of social media hashtag you've got that's pfp for 10 isn't it and you get 10 percent off if you pick up 10 pieces of litter and then post a picture of it on social media with the hashtag that's right yeah so just pick up um 10 pieces of litter and then as long as you share it with us then i give you a code i didn't i was just kind of trying to think of ways that i could um not just like stop litter going but um that actually all of my best ideas seem to come to me while I'm walking on beaches because yeah. that was in, um, we went on holiday last year but towards the end of the year and just walking on the beach, it was a bit colder. But I just sort of seen litter again thinking, well, how can I not just stop it going onto the beach in the first place, but, you know, get it off the beach. So I was like, well, if I offer an incentive scheme to people to pick up litter, then that's kind of, you know, a lot of people do referrals, which mm. I think is a good idea. But how can I make that work in a way that sort of gets some positive action? So, yeah, decided to do that. Yeah, and it's genius because it's 
you know, in an altruistic way, it's it's getting litter off the beach and it's raising awareness of plastic pollution. But it's also um, in a slightly uh, not not uh, selfish way. But you know, it's it's raising brand awareness as well for you guys, isn't it? And and people going, oh, what's this hashtag? And having a little look and um, discovering you guys as well. So I think it's a total win win solution. You ought to walk on the beach more often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah but I think it's because I live in the Midlands maybe it's just like yeah. going to somewhere completely different from landlocked Midlands that sort of you know change of scenery gives you good ideas yeah yeah so what's your most commonly ordered thing would you say definitely pasta Is I it? get through like a lot of pasta yeah yeah <laughs> and I saw your post and I was really impressed by it this morning on social media saying about the the issue that you have with the pasta in that the biggest bags you can buy are five kilos and there they come in plastic which obviously you then have to dispose of so I think one of the things that we conveniently forget a little bit with um, plastic free shops whether that's bricks and mortar or online is that it all has to come to you in something and sometimes that will be plastic so even though we as the end consumers aren't having to deal with the plastic somebody somewhere is still having to and I was just really impressed with your honesty for that and just saying look guys this is this is what it looks like when it comes to me do you guys feel about that can you just tell us a little bit more about that sort of conundrum for you pasta is the most difficult one by far because it is like you know as I said in that post a lot of things we get in 25 kilos but pasta the biggest size that we've managed to find so far is five kilos and I've spoken to a lot of people who do own physical shops Mm. or doing all the and they have the same thing as well they can only find five kilos so yeah I want to be able to offer people the things that they're buying and compared to a single use film that you get in a supermarket then the stretchy plastic at least we can recycle but you know it's it's an ideal solution so you know carrying on looking for a better option and contacting manufacturers but you know, right now all we can do is just sort of give people an informed choice and say yeah. if you want to completely avoid pasta well if you want to completely avoid plastic sorry then you need to cut this pasta out of your life but you know we want to tell you we want to be honest and don't have you thinking that there's no plastic anywhere in the supply chain yeah yeah and what other things come to you in in plastic is it mainly pasta or is or are there quite a few things um mainly pasta and spices they come in plastic bags as well um well some of the beans do most of them come in paper which is really good oh, but some of the beans are poi lentils they come in a plastic bag um, what else um, is that oh, seeds have a sneaky little plastic layer inside they look like the paper but there's a plastic layer but it's a huge sack so uh, yeah that's why you have to do the 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 rustle test isn't it where you squeeze a, yeah. a box or a bag <laughs> if, it, if it rustles inside as you said though the stretchy plastic this is something I discovered when we did a, a waste watchers campaign with our local wildlife trust is they're all stretchy plastic like cling film like the bags that apples and bananas and things come in that can all be recycled with the shopping bags outside supermarkets can't it yeah yeah that's right Brilliant. So do you have much waste to dispose of on a on a daily basis? Um, well, we use, um, we've got this waste cycle, what's it, TerraCycle they're mm, called. Yeah, uh, yeah TerraCycle box. So most things go in there and they'll even like the backs of labels, they'll recycle all of that as well. And then paper we can recycle locally. So not very much goes into our physical bin, which is nice. Yeah, that's really impressive. And you've even done things like um, use the paper sticky tape, haven't you? And all your packaging is 
recycled and recyclable as well, which is really important to sort of completely follow through on the process. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to sort of think about the whole package, you know, sort of what it com- you know what you get it in. If it's sort of a plastic-free bunch of products, you don't want them to have sticky tape to yes. dispose of. So you know, just sort of thinking about how can we make this as plastic-free as possible. Yeah, and no, I love how much sort of thought has gone into the to the whole process. So, what does a typical day look like for you? You know, I have visions of you sort of stooped over scales and weighing things out, and then um, staggering to the post office, weighed down with stuff. What does it? What does a typical day look like for you? Um, quite similar to that. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of weighing out. Yeah, yeah. So um, both Jess and I do the weighing out and the bagging up, but we don't. There's only a few things that go to the post office now. We get um, the courier comes to us, but in the first couple of weeks, I was having to take them on a big trolley down the street because we didn't have enough to get the um the discount rated from um, the courier or they wouldn't come and collect for that yeah. many parcels but now they come to us so that has helped a lot yeah because I just had visions of you standing there in the post office queue you know with all these <laughs> paper boxes and um paper bags and boxes and things but that I'm, I'm pleased to hear that that's not the case <laughs> yeah not anymore thankfully <laughs> um so how plastic free have you managed to become in your home life? I think I'm kind of similar to most other people. You know, I don't want people to think that I'm really perfect and I've eliminated it. I'm doing as much as I can. So, you know, I've switched to a bar shampoo and um, using a bamboo toothbrush. And I try to avoid as much as I can. I'm very lucky in that what I do means that I get a lot of food, obviously, yes. plastic free. That's kind of a, a perfect job. Yes. But then, you know, I have um, toothpaste is still the big one for me because I've tried um, jar toothpaste I know a lot of people get on with it but um, it didn't really suit me so I'm still looking for a good plastic free toothpaste that is a really really difficult one yes yeah and I think toothpaste for kids is uh, that's I find that one tricky because we we've um, recently tried the truth paste which comes in a jar which actually my husband my, even my husband has converted to and I really like it um but I don't think I can persuade the kids to to go with it because it's a very different sensation isn't it yeah yeah it is um and I know lots of people make their own as well um but uh, there's something about that I just worry about that and worry that my teeth would start falling out which I think is a completely ridiculous thing uh, I'd say I had a really deep feeling last year which was not fun so ever since then I've sort of been like I really need to get a good toothpaste but um apparently there's a company in germany that makes fluoridated toothpaste in tabs so i'm trying to follow that lead up hopefully oh that's interesting i'll have to google that and see if i can find the link to pop in the pop in the show notes for people and what are the other things that you struggle with to find plastic free versions vegan cheese i don't eat it very often but every now and then i just really 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 crave cheese Mm. so that's kind of my occasional treat is that i will have a vegan cheese and make a pizza uh, yeah completely plastic free vegan cheese and I would I would buy all of it <laughs> <laughs> all the cheese because <laughs> it's yeah. hard enough to find ordinary cheese plastic free although um yeah. Morrison's have just introduced the policy haven't they where you can take your own Tupperware um to the deli yeah. counter so that they'll weigh the Tupperware and then put the put the cheese in for you but I, I I'm guessing they don't have vegan cheese on the deli counter do they no I wish they would if yeah it would be really good if they had vegan cheese on the deli counter but it's good to see supermarkets engaging with it and doing that because they can be a little bit slow to take action so that is good to see yeah lots of them do seem to have really jumped on the bandwagon is a bit 
of a mean thing to say, but lots of them do seem to be taking really positive steps now um, to kind of actively tackle the plastic problem. And I guess for them, it must be a huge problem to to dispose of at the end of the day as well. Um, so we've got vegan cheese and we've got toothpaste. Anything else you struggle with? Just doing that mental run around yeah. my house. <laughs> what else do I um, struggle with? Um, oh, it's actually quite difficult to go through. I think actually um, clothes is probably a big one, you know, sort of microfibers. Mm, yeah, yeah. Big fan of shopping, actually. I find it horrible, but I go to charity shops. But then I've started to think about, well, when you go to a charity shop, you're kind of limited in your options and it's good and that you are reusing. But then if I'm washing plastic fibers, yeah. is that bad? So that's kind of a bit of a conundrum for me. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a really tricky one, isn't it? Because anything synthetic releases microfibers every time you wash it and actually again I saw on social media today that the guys at Hubbub have just launched a a new campaign and the name escapes me but it's about microfibers and about them washing our clothes and I think the tips that um that they give out are to wash your clothes less which I love (laughs) um because I think we're all quite guilty of just wearing stuff and then just chucking it in the wash because it's almost easier than hanging it up again um so yeah putting things out on the line to air rather than just automatically chucking them in the wash um uh so wash less i think it said wash at 30 um and don't tumble dry as well because apparently tumble drying um sort of weakens the clothes and then makes them more likely to release microfibers next time they're washed but unfortunately i don't think there is a, a neat quick fix for that i know lots of people use the guppy friend is it the um a bag that's supposed to trap microfibers um and i was talking about this to somebody on twitter last night and they said that they sort of scoop it out whatever it collects and put that in the bin to go to landfill and then you think oh well at least it's not in the oceans but it it ultimately all kind of it rains and then ends up in the waterways so um yeah yeah, it's a really tricky one isn't it yeah yeah it is yeah that was an interesting discussion as sort of following it when it was was it part of ethical hour yes, i think it was coming yeah. up at the same time yeah and i thought yeah that's a really interesting point like what does happen to the fibers once you scoop them out but then i don't know it's difficult there are, i think the more you go into this the more can your mother you realize that you can do and then you think how far do you go yeah. it's sort of you know you could end up just cutting everything out and you'd still end up feeling guilty about something yes absolutely and i think the whole thing plastics especially can be so overwhelming when you when your awareness is raised and you suddenly stop and look around it is everywhere it's in the pen I'm holding it's um you know I go and make a cup of tea and it's in my there's my plastic milk bottle and then there's the issue with plastic in tea bags and do you know and suddenly you can just your head can explode yeah. and you get so overwhelmed you end up not doing anything so what would yeah. be your tips for people looking to to get started and to make some simple changes um, just go slowly and you know, look at what your biggest culprits are and just try and replace a thing at a time. I think if yeah. you go in too quickly, then you're just going to think this is impossible. I can't do it. But, you know, do one thing at a time and talk to others as well. There's so many people trying to do it. I think once you realize that what you're doing isn't just a drop in the ocean, but it's part of many other people doing it as well, then you think, well, actually, there's a collective action here and I can be part of that even if I can't be perfect. Absolutely. And I think it's that um 
as you said, when you start when you start and you become overwhelmed and you think, oh God, it's only me who's worrying about this because you see your neighbour putting their chock-a-book bin out and you think, what's the point? But actually, once you start to connect with other people doing the same things and you, you find your tribe and you realise that you aren't just this, or maybe you are just a drop in the ocean, but there is an ocean as well. There is a, an ocean that is growing of other drops in the ocean forming this collective. Um, where do you find your support um, I'm in a couple of online groups. I think because I um, have an online business, it's sort of I don't get the so many people coming into me mm. in the day talking. But I'm in sort of zero waste Facebook groups and um, a setup support for people who are starting zero waste businesses. Oh, and I get a lot of support there. Yeah, so um, you know, just talking to other people about the problems that I face as a business or things that I'm trying to do as an individual. I think there's some really good online communities. Yeah. So that one, um, there is a specific Facebook group for people who are looking to set up zero waste shops. Is that right? Yeah, I think it's called um, Zero Waste Setup Support UK. I can send you a link. Yeah, <laughs> That's not brilliant. the right name, but it's on. Because I'm sure that lots of people will be listening to this and thinking, do you know what? I love the idea of that and I'd love to have a, a zero waste shop and... Um, and I think the fact that there are now so many springing up, I interviewed the guys at Earth Food Love in Totnes last year, and I think they were one of the very first bricks and mortar sort of zero waste shops. And um, they've been yeah. so um, kind of generous, I think, in the the way that they've just gone, yeah, we want everybody to be doing this. We want there to be one in every town and here's how we did it. Um, do you find that there is that um, that sort of community almost of people all doing the same thing and supporting each other to 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 grow the whole movement? Yeah, definitely. There's just there's so many people, you know, on that group alone. There's always different places. You know, people saying I'm here and I want to set up a shop, or you know, all across the UK. It's just I think there's a lot of people who want to try and do their bit and make a change, and it is difficult to set something up but you know when you're talking to others and a lot of the things have been done already so you know people have got the supply chain going then it does make it a little bit easier and talking to others makes it easier so you know it's good to know that there are others on the same journey absolutely and I think it's so inspiring to to see that here in the UK we've gone from kind of no zero waste shops probably a couple of years ago to I think Georgina at Pebble Magazine did a recent thing and you know there's 21 I think bricks and mortar shops and then obviously you guys online as well and that's just a phenomenal yeah. growth rate and and you know on social media hearing people going oh I'm setting one up here and I'm setting one up here and um and actually it can be done I know the the costs involved of a, a bricks and mortar shop but I think there are um smaller ways to start exactly like you did with the food assembly and market stalls and I know there's somebody who does it um a sort of mobile one isn't there out of a van and things like that so there are lots of lower cost options I guess for people wanting to to start this up as well would you yeah would you recommend it as a as a business and as a um I guess a lifestyle and a and a, a way to yeah to pay you to pay your mortgage (laughs) um well you're not going to get rich off it but um (laughs) it's yeah I mean it's growing at the moment Mm. so you know say I'm not paying myself which is 
not ideal, but I think for most small businesses, you don't pay yourself, but you know, I make sure my help gets paid and um, we're paying the bills and mm-hmm. we're staying afloat. So, you know, it's growing steadily. But as something that gives you a lot of satisfaction, you know, I get a lot of messages from people who are ordering and sort of saying that they really love what I'm doing. So, you know, you get a great sense of satisfaction from it. Mm. And can you see a point where you will be able to pay yourself and it will be, um, I mean, it already is a viable business, but where, it, you know, it's able to to sustain you as well? Yeah, hopefully. I mean, things are looking good and um, I'm looking to transition to a social enterprise. You know, So, I mean, I'm not doing this to become a millionaire off it, but, you know, I would like to be able to pay myself a sustainable salary and just sort of keep it going. You know, it's sort of, I think this is something that I say to other people actually on various groups if they're starting out and a lot of them say they can't pay themselves. Like, well, you can't help anybody if you are not able to physically keep the doors open yeah. because you're not making money so there has got to be that balance of you need to have an income you need to keep yourself afloat also offer something that's good value and that's the thing I'm trying to figure out that balance of prices but yeah I definitely think I can get to that stage hopefully (laughs) and um you don't have to answer this if you don't want to but how are you sustaining yourself financially at the moment Uh, I have a very supportive partner with a (laughs) full-time job which is always helpful yeah (laughs) who gets roped into doing extra hours for me as well so you know I'm quite lucky on that front yeah yeah bless him I think it's something that a lot of ethical businesses seem to struggle with um and I and I'm not I can't I do get it I understand why um because you feel you know it's something that you feel you need to do that the world needs that is really important and is I guess almost sort of bigger than the business and do you do you feel a little bit of guilt about making money out of that I don't know I don't know how that kind of works in our heads yeah yeah I would say that's right yeah do I think a lot of people who are sort of socially minded entrepreneurs do sort of find it difficult in a way to sort of essentially ask for money from Mm. people especially who are just you know they're trying to do good as well and I don't really want to profit off them but at the same time I know that I'm offering a service that has got a value and in order to continue to offering that service then I do need to ensure that I can carry on feeding myself and (laughs) sort of pay my rent because you know it is quite financially difficult on my partner to support both of us so you know it is it's difficult to find that balance, I think. Yeah, I think almost as a as a sector, the sort of social enterprise and ethical business sector needs a mindset change somehow, a collective mindset change in that, you know, the likes of Coca-Cola or McDonald's, they don't care whether they're doing good or not. They just care about whether they're making money. And you guys are doing amazing good stuff and you need to be making money. So we need to drop that guilt, I think, and think, you know, not only are we making money, we are doing all this amazing stuff as well. Like, how awesome is that? Um, because, yeah, the, the the really big guys, I don't expect they really sit up at night worrying about um, whether yeah. they're doing good stuff. And we sit up at night weathering, when, um, worrying about uh, whether we should be making money. And I'm sure that doesn't cross their mind. No, it doesn't at all. Which, I mean, they're kind of completely the opposite. They've gone like, we don't care if we destroy the earth as long as we make lots of money. Yeah. And we're like, well, we don't care if we don't make lots yes. of money as long as we protect the earth. It's like the other extreme. Yes. But um, 
Yeah. <laughs> to find that it's got to ground. be a middle ground. <laughs> what do you think your goals are for the next year, I guess, for the business? Um, for the next year, I would say definitely that as we were talking about get to that stage where I can pay myself I don't think it can be sustainable without mm. that um and keep on growing offer or I think our goal for the end of the year is to sort of offer more of a complete shop if that makes sense so you know more of the things that are difficult to get at the supermarket so you know just expand into offering different things um any requests what kinds of things are you thinking of adding the sort of things that I am looking for at the moment is like more nuts. I think people are always asking for more nuts and I love nuts. I just sort of snack on them and um, more snack things as well. So I know that a lot of people that I've talked to have mentioned crisps as like yeah. everybody loves crisps. I'm seriously addicted to crisps. Um, <laughs> I don't know how we can get bulk crisps or anything in the sort of snacking category that helps to get rid of those cravings would be yes. good um and also getting more um working with other producers who are doing plastic free things as well you know it just necessarily have to be us buying in bulk and packing things but i know there's sort of a lot of small businesses who are making their own things that are already sort of trying to use better packaging plastic free packaging so it'd be mm-hmm. good to work with them and sort of help them get an outlet as well yeah brilliant oh i'm so excited to to see what happens because I, assuming it's been a complete whirlwind for you over the last six months as yeah whirlwind is definitely the best way to describe it it's, um try try to keep up with it really I think the business has kind of taken on a life of its own and I'm just sort of following along so yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> try and try and get hold of the reins and uh, get back in control <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Fabulous. Oh, it's been absolutely amazing chatting to you, Kim. Thank you so much for sparing the time, especially when I'm sure you it's a busy day on social media spreading a sort of <laughs> plastic free message. So yeah, thank you so much and just an amazing idea and so great to hear your story and so inspiring to I always love hearing from people who've seen a problem and then just gone, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do this rather than I think the normal reaction for for most of us is to think oh, isn't that awful? And then for normal life to resume, I guess, when we're all so busy and there's so many demands on our time. But to actually take that initial big step, I think is so hugely inspiring. So thank you. I think it can be difficult, but, um, you know, it's easy. This is sort of something that I actually really struggled with at the beginning is thinking, you know, I'm just one person. I can't do this. I said a lot to my partner, but he's always been really supportive and just sort of says well you know you can give it a go and it might go well every time I go what if it goes wrong he just sort of says well it might go right so it's worth going so I would pass that message on to anybody else who's sort of thinking well I really want to do something but I'm too scared to do it or you know I can't do this as somebody bigger than me as well you don't know you could be that person so it's worth trying absolutely and I love there's that quote isn't there about um what if I fall but actually what if you fly and we spend an awful lot of our lives worrying about what might go wrong and don't allow ourselves to think enough about what might go right and you are living proof that things things do go right and things do take off sometimes when you don't expect it you've been listening to a sustainable life with me jen gale if you've enjoyed the show do leave a review and make sure you tell all your friends And I'd love to hear your comments, thoughts and feedback. So do drop me an email on jen at jengale.co.uk or hop over to Facebook and join my Sustainable Life community. 